I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows, we might even solve the case. I'm Ali Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Web Crawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, merch discounts, etc. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, to that effect, an exciting announcement. I know some of you were also fans of our podcast, 90 Day Fiance Slumber Party. That will be coming back in November. Yay! So um, that's something to look forward to (laughs) if you were a fan of that podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, screenshot and DM it to us and we will shout you out. Let's see if we have any more reviews. Ooh, we have one from... Penelope Pads says ratings from dog heaven, five barks all around (laughs) from Hank. Amazing. That's That's perfect. Uh, Then one from WFH Lily. More, please. I've listened to every episode. My friend kept telling me about this podcast, so I finally dove headfirst. And since June, I've listened to them all. Listening to these ladies is like hanging out with a couple of old goofy friends talking about (laughs) spooky, weird phenomena. It's helped me pass the time during quarantine and has helped immensely with my anxiety in the past months. Thank you, ladies. Also, I love you, Maria. 
Okay, bye. Boyoing honk honk. That's nice. Maria, Maria, Maria. Maria, Maria. (laughs) Yeah, so please leave us um, some reviews. We're almost at 666 reviews. We're at 628. So if we can get to 666, we'll have a little party. (laughs) Also, Erios has a hotline. You can find the number almost anywhere. Uh, This was a big fight that we had in our last mini episode. And so please call and please leave us a voicemail. 626-604-6262. Also join our Discord and the link is in uh, Instagram, Twitter, and show notes for the Discord. And the Discord's super fun. How many members do we have in that Discord? Let's see here. I think we have about 300-ish. That's crazy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's very active. Yeah, super active. Asher, is there any way you can not play with the squeak toy right now? Someone made an emoji <laughs> of the pig that From says babe. la la la. La la la. So that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Um, <laughs> there it Melissa, is. Melissa, who are yeah, who are our patrons for the day? We have Corey V, Lindsay B, Alex T, Morgan T, Garrett H, Nicolette V, Jenna M, and Dana S. Welcome. Amazing. Thank you guys for joining the team. So we have an exciting main story today. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of different crimes um, and mysteries that we're going to get into. Uh, And I found a few more this morning and added them to the doc because I'm Allie Adlates to the doc seagull. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, Melissa, what's our story for today? Well, today we're going to talk about a little town in between Vancouver and Seattle called Bellingham, Washington. Dun, dun, dun. A lot of strange things have gone down in Bellingham. There's Kenneth Bianchi, a.k.a. the Hillside Strangler, was caught there. Yikes. One of the D.C. snipers went to Bellingham High School. Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, used to work in Bellingham. And we've had a lot of listeners email us and leave voicemails about weird crimes and murders that happened in Bellingham. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's, let's get, get into, into it. <laughs> let's do an episode on that for sure. Right let's now. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> Okay, so let's first talk about the DC sniper attacks. Yes. And for those of you who don't know or don't remember, this happened in October of 2002. And what appeared to be a random killing spree started in the Washington metropolitan area, but turned out to be part of a plan that claimed the lives of 10 innocent people. Uh, The shootings were carried out by a man named John Allen Muhammad and his 17-year-old accomplice, Lee Boyd Malvo. So the first killing was on October 2nd, 2002, and a shot was fired through the window of a Michael's craft store. Oh, God. Not Michael's. Not Michael's. About an hour later, a guy was shot and killed in the parking lot of a grocery store, and the next morning, four people were shot within a span of two hours, and another was killed that night in the District of Columbia. And in each shooting, the victims were killed by a single bullet fired from a faraway distance. 
And so the pattern wasn't detected until after the shootings occurred the next day on October 3rd. And that's when everyone in the community started panicking. Like parents went to go pick up their kids at school early. They wouldn't allow them to take the bus or walk around. Like everyone was just like freaking out. And at this point, the two shooters started covering a wider area. And then they were taking more time between their shootings. And this killing spree lasted for 20 more days. Ending oh on October twenty third. Do you remember Is this at all? Yes, I do. No. People were like afraid to leave their houses because there was just like a sniper on the list. Yes, yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, I was in high school. So what? scary. I don't yes. remember this at all. You don't oh, remember, I remember that? It. I remember it. Being it was so crazy. Scary. It yeah. was like the but it was biggest. in DC. Yeah. yeah, they were just. It was called like the highway shootings or the freeway shoot. That people were just like being sniped like on the freeway. It was crazy. Where were they? Just hiding. Bellingham, Washington. No, no, no. This was in Washington, D.C. Right. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> Our nation's capital. Our nation's capital. That's <laughs> not, not that a capital, capital, right? <laughs> well, it's our nation's capital. <laughs> so then the police searched a yard in Tacoma, Washington state for bullets, shell casings, or other evidence that might provide a link to the shooters. And a tree stump believed to have been used for target practice was seized. Jeez. A tree stump. Imagine going to a crime scene and you're like, I need this, I need this, I need that tree stump. Yeah. And then... Just so everyone's aware, Allie's yawning and looking at her phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Is that... That's a cute dog. Oh, my God. It's just... It's it's up for adoption right now. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. Um, So then on October 24th, Muhammad and Malvo were found sleeping in their car at a rest stop and were arrested on federal weapons charges. They found guns in their car. They're like, oh, these are the... These are... These are our guys. On November 17th, 2003, John Allen Muhammad was convicted in Virginia on all four counts of the indictment against him. He was sentenced to death. And on November 10th, 2009, oh, wow. he was executed by lethal injection. I am against death penalty no matter what the crime yeah. is, I think. Yes. More or less, no matter what the crime is. Because people can always be wrongfully accused. There's always Yeah, I also don't think we really have the right... I don't know how we can say... You killed someone. That's wrong. Now we're going to kill you. Like, I just feel like it's hypocritical. But anyway, I agree. I agree. So in Muhammad's trial, Malvo, the 17 year old accomplice, he took the stand and he confessed to a more detailed version of their plan. This plan consisted of three phases in the D.C. and Baltimore metro areas. Phase one consisted of planning, mapping and practicing the locations around D.C., Their goal was to kill six white people a day for 30 days. Wow. And so Malvo went on to describe how phase one did not go as planned due to heavy traffic and the lack of a clear shot. And then phase two uh, was meant to be moved up to Baltimore and was intended to begin by killing a pregnant woman by shooting her in the stomach. That is so fucking horrible. That's so dark. Oh, my God. The next step was to kill a Baltimore police officer. And at the officer's funeral, they wanted to plant explosive devices with the intent to kill a large number of officers. Jesus Christ. And then phase three was to extort several million dollars from the U.S. government. And this money would be used to finance a larger plan to travel north to Canada and recruit other orphan boys to use weapons and stealth and send them out to commit shootings across the country. Like he wanted to build this like militia of young boys. Oh, my God. So Malvo, the younger one, he was sent to jail in Fairfax County. He was charged with two capital crimes, an unlawful use of a firearm, 
And he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity oh, come on. on the grounds that he was under Muhammad's complete control. And in 2006, he confessed that the pair also killed victims in California, Arizona, and Texas for a total of 17 victims. And currently, he is incarcerated at the Red Onion State Prison in Virginia. The Red That Onion sounds like a State restaurant. Prison? Like, are you serious? Red Onion. I <laughs> think the Red Onion Prison. Like you could go there for like a, a steak and a dugarita. A dudarita? <laughs> What's a dudarita? A dugarita. That's like um Applebee's just released it. I think it was Applebee's. It's a margarita made with Mountain oh, Dew. Mountain Dew margarita. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I just saw a picture of that. <laughs> yeah. So so why we're talking about this is this the, the guy, the seventeen year old, he went to Bellingham High School in two thousand two. Did your friend know him, Maria? Yeah, so um, uh, a boy, a boy I went Ooh, to a boy. college with. You know, Matt you know Goodwin. boys. <laughs> I know boys. <laughs> a boy I went to college with, Matt Goodwin, who I just like. It was known around school that Matt was from Bellingham, and that was, you know, that was a big deal. <laughs> but anyway, when we started talking about Bellingham, I messaged him. I was like, Matt, you went, you were a Bellingham kid is it true all these weird things happen there? And he was like, yeah. And so he actually knew someone who was friends with the DC sniper. Wow. And um, so, and he went to Bellingham high. And so I'm going to, um, we're going to talk to him. Maybe that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Even crazier if we'll get to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so he also said, Lee Malvo said that, Mohammed uh, said that the $10 million they wanted to extort from the government would be used to establish a utopian society for 140 homeless black children on a Canadian compound. I feel like you could probably house more than 140 with $10 million. Yeah, for $10 million. He also claimed that he was sexually abused by John Allen Muhammad. So, like, not surprising, but he was, I mean, he also was a killer, but he was also a victim because he was so young. And, like, clearly, this guy just like talked him into being his accomplice. And, like, how old was he again? 17. He was, he 17. was 17. You know what this reminds me of? Oh, God, what? Uh-oh. You guys remember a little movie? The Brave Little Toyster? Toyster? <laughs> the Brave Little Toyster. The Brave Toyster. <laughs> no, remember the movie Murder by Numbers with Ryan Gosling, Sandra Bullock, and, and Michael Brad- Pitt? And Michael Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. And remember how it was this whole thing of like, who's the leader of the operation here? Who's the accomplice? Who's like, and right. it was a big twist at the end. I do, I've never seen it. You got to see Murder by Numbers. It's everything the early 2000s claims to be also i look i look identical to michael pitt (laughs) no you don't no you don't i do i have the same color hair but you have different faces we no we have the exact same mouth and like eyes like we look we're (laughs) very similar i'm thinking about it now and maybe you do if you're listening (laughs) call in and tell us whether or not i look like michael pitt So anyway, yeah, this kid went to that school and like, who knows? I mean, I'm sure he was a little bit brainwashed by this guy, but like, who knows? We still like, we've all been brainwashed in some sort of relationship, but I don't go off on killing. He's a a bad person. He's a bad boy. But in March, on March 10th, 2020, he got married in jail. 
Oh, God. so that's an update on him. I swear to God, <laughs> the easiest way to get married is if you're incarcerated. <laughs> I've really been watching. Is. I've been watching Love After Lockup and oh, yeah. Life After Lockup. They're like my two favorite reality shows, and these people all just find romances so easily, it's and wild. they just find so much money, like. These women in jail and these men in jail find people on the outside who just send them like $10,000 a month. And the people who are sending them money aren't even rich. They just like take out second mortgages and like, it's just crazy. What are you going to do with $10,000 in jail? Are you going to buy buy a lot of like top ramen? Yeah, it's just crazy. Anyways, then there's also the Hillside Strangler. Between October 1977 and February 1978, 10 women between the ages of 12 and 28 oh, were raped, tortured, and killed in the hills of Los Angeles. The media dubbed the killer the Hillside Strangler. Cousins Angela Buono Jr. and uh, Kenneth Bianchi uh, committed the murders. Bianchi? Bianchi. Bianchi or Bianchi? Bianchi. Bianchi. In 1976, uh, Bianchi moved from Rochester, New York to Los Angeles to live with his cousin, Buono. They started kidnapping and killing. Their obsession stemmed from the speculation that no one would truly miss young women if they suddenly disappear. That's nice. (laughs) During their four-month spree, the pair kidnapped women, brought them back to Buono's home, then sexually assaulted and tortured them. After killing them, always by strangulation, Buono and Bianchi would wash the bodies of evidence and dispose them at various locations around Los Angeles, usually on hillsides. The crimes mm-hmm. in L.A. stopped when Bianchi moved to Bellingham, Washington. Dun, dun, dun. Crazy. While up north, Bianchi was unable to suppress his murderous urges, which we've talked about. Like, they go on sprees and then they stop for long periods of time. Yeah like a drug or alcoholic or drug addict going through a withdrawal and then the urge comes back. Yeah. Um, And he killed two college students. The similarities in the Bellingham cases and those of the Hillside Strangler, coupled with witness statements connecting Bianchi to the two dead women, led to his subsequent capture and arrest in Bellingham. During his interview, Bianchi claimed to have dissociative identity disorder. This was proved false by psychologists. Uh Bianchi ultimately pled guilty to his crimes and relieved the name of his partner, Buono, in order to escape capital punishment. Both men were sentenced to life imprisonment for their crimes. Buono died of a heart attack in prison in 2002, while Bianchi continues to serve his sentence in Washington state. That's crazy. I don't know if the Killside Strangler is still alive in prison. It's wild. I wonder if he has a pen pal girlfriend. (laughs) I'm sure he's married. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, probably. Um, So then there's also, I found this other thing on Reddit this morning. Karina Rodriguez and her roommates have been missing since 1994. (gasps) What? This was uh, posted from Lover of Life from the Seattle Times. So this information from a post shared by the cousin of one of the missing girls. This is a cold case of over 25 years. Um, So the cousin writes... This is Sam, my cousin, who went missing with her roommate Karina and two guys who were brothers. 
It's been a cold case for years, but it is time to put it back in circulation and share with the technology of social media. Thursday, January 27, 1994. The Coast Guard has suspended a search for four young Bellingham friends who are believed to have taken two skiffs out on a choppy uh, Chuckanaut Bay early Saturday. Evidence indicates they stole the boats and then ran into trouble in the water, officials said. Oh. A vehicle belonging to one of them was found Tuesday on Chuckanaut Shore Road near a residence where two 12-foot skiffs had been reported stolen. One of the stolen skiffs washed up in Teddy Bear Cove at the north end of Chuckanaut Bay yesterday. A jacket believed to belong to one of the two women in the group was found submerged nearby. Oh, no. The missing people were identified as roommates Karina Rodriguez, 20, and Samantha Ham, 23, and brothers Timothy Brady, 22, and Frankie Brady, 26. They were last seen Friday night at a party in Bellingham. They were described as intoxicated and apparently told someone they were going rock climbing. Uh-oh. It seems like they probably disappeared or got hurt or, like, drowned, right? Yeah. The Whatcom um, County Sheriff's Department, assisted by Coast Guard drivers, planned to continue searching. I would think that 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 they got hurt. They were either rock climbing or they yeah. took those those boats out and they they fell overboard or drowned or something. Yeah, if you're drunk, the last thing you want to do is go rock climbing on the side. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 or the no. Ocean. That's a, no, yeah, that's bad. Well, that's sad. Um, and then there's the case of Mandy Stavick. In 1989, 18-year-old Mandy Stavick went for a jog with the family dog, but only the dog returned. So her mom called the police. They searched for three days until they found her body in a river. She had been raped and died from drowning. And a male DNA was found on her body, but there were no matches. And 20 years went by with no suspect. Until two women who had both gone to high school with Mandy... Uh, were chatting at a water park one day because both of their kids were playing and they just started talking and they realized like, oh, they went to the same high school. And then they were talking about Mandy and one of the women said, I know who killed her. And the other one said, oh, I do too. What? And then they told, yeah. And then they told each other about their creepy encounters with a local man around the time of Mandy's murder. Uh, Mara Lee, one of the women said, a man named Tim Bass who was another Mount Baker graduate at the high school where Mandy went to, was a friend of her husband, stopped by her house one night a couple of years after Mandy's death and knocked on the door. And he said he had been out hunting and needed to use the phone. So she let him in and he dialed the phone, but merely could hear the beep, beep, beep of the call not going through. And she suspected that this guy was not dialing a work number and had lied about needing to make a call. This is what she says. Says So then he walks to the kitchen and back to my bedroom, and he said that he used to drive by our house and that he had always been in love with me and wanted to make love to me. And so oh she froze and kept telling him no, but he kept trying to convince her to go into the bedroom with him. And finally, she told him that she would call the police, and he left. So hearing this story, Heather, the other woman, said that she too had a very uncomfortable experience with the same guy, Tim Bass, just months before Mandy's murder. She had only been 15 at the time. And Tim Bass was 21. And it was after a softball game. They were riding in a truck. And then Tim Bass started flirting aggressively with her. He would talk about her eyes and say that they were beautiful. He then took out a pen out of the cup holder and would start rubbing it along her knees. Ew. She says she was very uneasy. And the incident always stuck out in her memory. 
So they contacted a high school friend who was a detective, and they both told him, like, what about this guy? And they found out that he was a former neighbor of Mandy, and he moved away shortly after the murder and had never been contacted by the police. And he was now married with three children, and he worked as a delivery driver for a bakery. Now, if you remember, a couple weeks ago, we got a call from Jack from Bellingham. You like his voice? He has a sexy oh, voice. Oh, yes. Jack has a horny voice. Yes, I love Jack. Yes. <laughs> well, remember he called and said he used to live across the street from a bakery. <gasps> yes. And there was those people going in and out at night and it made him feel comfortable. But then yes. he found out they were in like a cult or something. This is the bakery that this guy, Tim Bass, was working oh, at as a delivery God. driver. <gasps> Shut the front door. So the police contacted him this guy tim bass and he claimed to have no idea who mandy was and he also refused to give his dna to the police and after that he was like their main suspect he's like oh this guy is hiding something so they needed to get his dna somehow so they contacted his colleague at the bakery kim wagner and they needed a search warrant to collect his dna but they didn't have enough evidence however they were able to accept any evidence that was brought to them And so Kim was like, oh, I'll get some DNA for you. So she saw him drinking a Coke one day from a plastic cup, and then he threw it in the garbage. And so she grabbed it, and she brought it to the police. And they tested the DNA, and it was a match. So then in December 2017, just a couple years ago, 28 years after the murder, he was arrested at that bakery. I would be so (laughs) pissed, though, if I, like, committed a murder, and, like, 30 years later, I was arrested. I know. So his now ex-wife, Tim's ex-wife, Gina Malone, had a domestic violence protection order against him. And she said that Tim Bass would watch cold case crimes on TV. And he said, I wouldn't get caught because I'm not that stupid. So that's so weird because so does the guy from Love Fraud. All of his all of his girlfriends were like he loved watching cold case stuff. Like, do you think that criminals love watching those shows so they can figure out how not to get caught and stuff? Well, yeah, there's a lot of good tips in those shows. Interesting. So, (laughs) I mean, no, there's not. (laughs) I don't watch them. I don't know. So his plan to explain away the DNA by saying he was having a sexual secret relationship with Mandy failed to convince anyone. Uh, One of Mandy's friends or one of Mandy's sisters said, there's no way my sister would have had a relationship, a physical relationship with Tim Bass. She was way, way, way out of his league, to put it bluntly. Like, he was kind of a gross, ugly dude. And he pled not guilty, but was convicted of her murder and sentenced to 27 years. That's it? In prison. Yeah, I mean, he's probably in his... He's probably in his 50s. Five, six, seven. So he might die in jail. Yeah, I would hope so. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. What is this disappearance of Leah Roberts? I found it. I just was Googling um, this morning. There's a lot of missing yeah, people. Yeah, this and is like... this other girl who's missing. She's been missing for 20 years, six months, and seven days. Disappearance after a cross-country tri- trip. Um, March 18, um... People reported seeing a wrecked, uh, wrecked uh, vehicle, a Jeep Cherokee with North Carolina plates. And it was her car, this girl, Leah Roberts. And nine oh. days earlier, she had taken her car from North uh, Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. And she had driven. She Her last stop was at a gas station in Everett, Washington, and then her car was seen wrecked in Bellingham, Seattle, and or Bellingham, oh. Washington. And then uh, they don't know what happened to her. She wasn't found oh, in the no. car, and they don't know what happened to her. And she hasn't seen been seen since. Oh, the case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries and yeah. disappeared. Wow. And I guess it says, um, in December of 2005, volunteers from a North Carolina Missing Persons Awareness Group organized a caravan across the country to raise awareness for Leah's case and others that has since become an annual event. Wow. Said she was a big fan of Jack Kerouac. So maybe she was trying to do some... She reading on the road? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened. This is why you shouldn't read. (laughs) You're going to get inspiration to do things, and you should. Yeah, this is why you absolutely <laughs> should not read. Then there's this also, this girl I read about, Marsha Lynn Joyce, and she went missing in 1978. Marsha Lynn Joyce was last seen on the morning of August 30, 1978, at her home in Everson Goshen Road in Bellingham, Washington. She was home with her two children and was last seen hanging laundry in her backyard, and she has not been seen or heard from since. Wait, when did the Hillside Strangler get caught? February 1978. Okay, well, she was... Wait, when did August, she go September, missing? October, November, December, January, 
February. Okay, not so the she Hillside got Strangler. Oh, there's also this place called the Waterfront Bar in Bellingham, and it's where a lot of serial killers have been and hung out, like Ted Bundy, the Hillside what? Strangler. John Muhammad, one of the DC snipers, would go in around 9 a.m., order Budweiser, and watch The Price is Right. Like, he did that That before he committed all those murders. Yeah. Why were they all in Bellingham? They just... Maybe it's somewhere... Let me look at the the Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, once worked in Bellingham. Remember a caller, a listener called and said he went to a grocery store, or he would go to a grocery store that the Green River Killer used to work as a security guard at? I think it might have been Jack, the same guy. What is it? And remember that listener who called um, about overcrowded cemeteries in the 70s? They would uproot the bodies and put them in other places. So there's some areas that people think have like leftover body parts in them in Bellingham. God. (laughs) Also, a couple of famous people from Bellingham, Hillary Swank. Okay. And Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie and Postal Service. A death cab for cutie. For cutie. Okay, death. so I looked up the latitude and longing, long, longitude of Bellingham, and then Uh-oh. I looked up the latitude six, six, and six. longitude of hell. And apparently, the latitude of <laughs> <laughs> the latitude and longitude of Bellingham is like about forty-eight degrees north and one hundred and twenty-two degrees west. And the latitude and longitude of hell is 42 (laughs) degrees north and 83 degrees west. So that's pretty close. Yeah. It says hell is an unincorporated community in Livingston County in the U.S. state of Michigan. Melissa, that's close to you. Yeah, hell, Michigan. Okay, so you're looking up hell, but you're not looking up like hell. (laughs) Hell, there's hell, Michigan, Melissa? Yes, there's hell, hell Michigan. Hell has no defined boundaries or population. I've never been there. How is there a place called hell? Hell, the Bible is clear. Hell is inside the earth. Ephesians 4, 9 says of Jesus. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Okay, so hell is in the earth. Okay, but there's also Hell, Michigan, and they have yeah, a it's saloon like, and a drive-in movie theater. And the drive-in movie theater is playing A2 at 9 p.m. tonight. Wow. Yeah, it's on the way to Detroit from Kalamazoo. What's A2? I don't know. What movie is that? A2. Follow- oh, my God. A2 what is the it? movie. Following the dissolution of the, cult, of the cult in the absence of their leader. Shoku Asahara. That's the plot of A2. Oh, wait. Remember when this was on Twitter like a year ago? This person bought Hell, Michigan, and he renamed it Gay Hell. He's like a comedian. No, I don't remember (laughs) that. sound like one. (laughs) This guy named Elijah Daniel. He previously served a stint as Hell's mayor said the move was sparked by U.S. embassies not being allowed to fly pride flags during Pride Month. And he tweeted, ahead of Pride Month, Trump's administration put a ban on embassies flying pride flags. So as of today, I'm now the owner of Hell, Michigan. I bought the whole town. And my first act as owner, I have renamed my town to Gay Hell, Michigan. The only flags allowed to fly are pride. (laughs) This is what happens when you watch too much Schitt's Creek. (laughs) Okay. 
is this episode done? <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's done. Before we go, we have a quick little interview that Maria did with her friend Matt from Bellingham. Enjoy. All right, guys, it's um, Maria, and I'm here with my friend Matt Goodwin. We went to college together at LMU, Loyola Marymount University. And Matt is the most um, the most famous person of Bellingham, Washington, in my life. In your life, yes, yes. There's lots of super famous people up there. So, but you, so grow uh, growing up, so going to college, you were like, I just always knew you're from Bellingham, Washington. It was like a part of your personality. Yes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. As it becomes. But um, so, Matt, when I said, do you know anything weird that's happened in Bellingham? You said something really crazy. You said that your friend, your t- say how you know the DC sniper. <laughs> okay, so the DC sniper went to my high school. That's why um, I I didn't know him. he was a couple of years younger than me. So you know, but my one of my best friend's sisters uh, like hung out with him a bunch, and him and his dad who my dad says was very creepy, but my dad, you know, you have to take, you know, he's, he spins a tall tale <laughs> as, as my father does. He used to be a hangout at the coffee shop where I used to play open mics and sing all of my angsty teenage love songs. And that's a, a wonderful guitar musician, singer, songwriter. I mean, just like top notch. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, Oh my goodness. Blushing. Because they can't see me. Um, so yeah, so he he would hang out there, and I remember the the story about it because Bellingham's kind of weird like that. We had like a couple serial killers mm-hmm. that went through there. We had like Easy Sniper, we had Hillside Strangler. My drama teacher has a story where she was like hitchhiking, and she got picked up by I believe it was Ted Bundy. What? Luckily, I guess she didn't meet the criteria because <laughs> she just got dropped off right. where she was supposed to go. She, she says he was a really nice guy. So, um, you know. It was the one time he was just giving someone a ride. The one time he was like, you know what? I'm just going to help someone Yeah, out. he's like, you know what? I'm going to try the not murder. And then she <laughs> left. He's like, you know what? Mm, that wasn't for me. I wasn't, I wasn't big on the not murder. Yeah, so the, the funny story about the DC sniper, the funny story about the DC yeah. sniper, which is a when it all went down, they came to my high school with a, um, like all the news vans showed up. But at the same time, we were doing like one act plays for uh-huh. drama. And I was a clown in full, like grease paint clown makeup. So in the background where this woman is talking about this horrible tragedy oh, God, and yeah. already painting Bellingham in this horrible light, there's just this creepy kid in full clown regalia, just like trying to run away from the cameras. Cause I was like, I realized I was on camera a little too late. <laughs> so I'm like, no one's ever coming to this town ever again, because not only is it just psychopath killers, there's also clowns apparently just wandering at the high schools lot. running in circles. Yes. Just trying to avoid cameras uh, because, you know, I don't want them to be ID'd in my my clown regalia and my buddy called me because he was watching the news and he was like are you are you dressed in full clown makeup right now and i'm like yeah why he's like oh you're you're on the news you're on the national news just so you know you're in the background scaring them maybe you got more people to come to your one act plays maybe people maybe we're just getting people to to come see you guys a great success a great success i don't even remember what it was i I don't want the best shows i was in in my life maria i was in them with you thank you you so much matt and i were in a play called picasso the lapanagio where which is where i met Mm -hmm. amanda lund fellow mm-hmm. LMUer, and Matt played Schmendeman. did. I did. 
I still have the suit, actually. I you still do? still have that yellow tweed suit. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't fit into it for a while, but I think I'm almost back. <laughs> it's back. like my wedding suit. Your Schmendeman way. You're like, oh, I'm in such great shape. I could fit in my Schmendeman. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what I did with my Germaine, my Germaine dress. Um, I was ill-suited for that role, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I'm... <laughs> I'm glad to have been given the opportunity. Um, so, so there's this bar. We were wondering if you've been to it. It was the waterfront bar. Have you been to the? Oh, and that is like where multiple serial killers have just kind of made their way through. Yes, yeah. So the waterfront is is the the hardest place probably in Bellingham. We actually have a game uh, that my friend made up, which is really funny. And the game is you go into the waterfront. And you order a banana daiquiri and you see how long it takes to get the shit kicked out. <laughs> and that's pretty much, that's the, that's the entire game. Which is funny because like we used to go to the waterfront bar as kids because they have a little window and they serve like delicious greasy burgers. Yeah. And you get really good burgers. But inside, it's like roadhouse. Like you better be ready to either sell some meth or fight some, fight some you know, bikers. Right, that's right. pretty much what's going on inside there, yeah. Got it. And so that was kind of, so if you're a serial killer, you know that, you know, the waterfront is going to be accepting to you, basically. The clientele don't, is, is not asking any questions. <laughs> We're not wondering about your past. We're just going to know what your drink order is and we'll leave you alone. Yeah. How interesting. What do you think? Because Bellingham's a beautiful place and it's it's right on the coast there, right? It's a coastal it's a coastal yeah. town. What do you think it is that brings um, the creepos through there and just makes them kind of it, what 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 attracts them to Bellingham? I Bellingham is a weird energy nexus point place anyway. Like it's one of these places that for some reason everybody knows, but like, why, why would right. you know Bellingham, Washington? That when I traveled around, I'd be like, oh, I'm from Bellingham. It was like, oh yeah, Bellingham. Like, how, <laughs> how, what, what, how? Right. Um, it, it's a college town. So like, that's part of why the people come and go. I think it's just a, like a very nice place to live. Like nobody is, everyone's pretty liberal. Everyone's not like get about in your business and, um, especially like back then before it, it received much of its gench that it has received lately, it was just sort of like a towny town, you know, and there's right. all the Bellingham locals who basically just live there forever. And then the surrounding area is all pretty rural. So, you know, you have a lot of, uh, the roaming, uh, meth vans and, and whatnot, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand that part because it is like the friendliest place in the world, right? which is, I guess, maybe why it attracts serial killers because i'm like yes suckers then no one will suspect me in bailing right but hopefully with this episode we're kind of getting we're getting the word out that like if you're creepy in bellingham that there a red flag is now going to go off and you're not going to be able to get away with it yes let's just all still convince people that bellingham is terrifying so that the property values start dropping so we can buy a house there yeah but don't your parents still live there don't you want them to go up for your parents are you trying to just think for yourself I'm just thinking about myself. Okay, so My parents, they can deal. You know, they've been doing fine so far. I don't think I'm going to help. And no, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's bring those property values down, people. Um, yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Matt. This is honestly really great to get a first-handers experience. Thank you very much. And uh, it's great talking to you. So anyways... If you're from Bellingham, please call it call in and let us know any other weird things that <laughs> happened. Um, I am Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stetton. 
I'm Maria Helmer Blasucci. <laughs> Bye. Cool. Bye. Powered by ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.